Zero minutes remaining. Mic off. Mic on. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Winter Camp Meetings for 2021 Blind Camp. Here is the, um, the meeting that took place on February 1st, Monday afternoon. Enjoy this presentation. Mic off. Mic on. There might be a slight little right gap. Now, so please these, stay tuned. Leave fluttering and with mic off. Mic on. Presentation will start momentarily. Mic off. Mic on. Presentation will begin momentarily. Please wait. Thanks for your patience. Mic off. I guess we're ready if we stop talking for a minute. <laughs> okay, okay, let's go. Are we on? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the 2021 Winter Camp Meeting for the Blind and Physically Challenged. This is the third meeting in the first full day of our winter camp. It's February 1, 3 p.m. Uh, due to COVID-19, Camp Sabo is closed down. So we are having a virtual camp meeting uh, for the blind at the Holly Michigan Seventh-day Adventist Church. 
to maintain social distancing, we have a panel of six people at eight-foot tables, one at each end, to maintain the six-foot distance. Also, we have seven-foot canes uh, that we use for the social distancing when we're leading a blind person on our hikes. They're at the front door, or the back door right now. The program will go as follows. We'll have a song service. We'll have a testimony. We'll have prayer, special music, and then our class instructor, Alan Patterson, will present his first meeting on the Depression Seminar. Let's start with the song service. Page 198, And Can It Be?
Turn over to page 205. Gleams of the Golden Morning. page to 412, our theme song. Let's have a prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for thy love and care for us. We thank you for this opportunity to come to this meeting this afternoon. We know that there's many problems in many people's lives, and we ask that thou bless them. May this uh, meeting encourage them 
For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, all measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, if every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above, would drain the ocean dry, nor would the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, all measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure, the saints and angels' song. When time on earth shall pass away, and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure, so rich and pure, all measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. We want to welcome Dr. Patterson uh, to the microphone over there. Uh, he probably will tell some experience in, the, in his presentation that will be a testimony, I'm sure. Testing. There we go. Okay. Well, welcome to Blind Camp 2021, COVID edition. <laughs> Sparky, I'm dying to hear what you think about COVID. We'll have to chat. <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously it's a little different today um, with virtual and, and some uh, campers here. Um, and we'll just have a, a new and different experience. So uh, Larry asked me to talk about depression. I've done several seminars on depression. Typically the seminars are a, an 11 week total session. There's an introductory session, eight weeks of course, and then a graduation. So I've boiled some of that information down uh, to share with you on depression today. And the, the good thing about these um, <coughs> these meetings and the points that I'm going to bring out, it doesn't just deal with uh, depression, for depression. It will help you have good mental health. Um, so often, you'll, you might hear somebody say, oh, I'm going to run a 5K race, or I'm getting ready to go to blind bike camp, so I'm going to get in shape and they're going to get their physical body in shape. 
But so often we, we neglect the fact that we have a mental health condition, um, a good mental health um, state of health, if you will. And these points, this information will help you, um, even if you're not depressed, will help you have a better mental health conditioning and will help you deal with stress some people may never have had any stress in their life yet, and that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I told a joke there, but yeah. But no, exactly. We all have stress in our life. I probably stressed Larry a little bit here this afternoon. But um, so, again, these points will help you go through stress better. And now, this will not make you a psychologist or a psychiatrist but, but by the end of the meetings, but you will pick up maybe a little bit on different um, things or words that a depressed person may say or the way they may act. Yes. So it's, again, not to make you a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but sometimes when we understand why someone does something, it's easier to understand and accept them, if that makes sense. Um, and, and in fact, I will tell you, um, a, a depressed person quite often will make generalized statements that we know aren't true. You know, in the summertime, birds always know where my car is and they poop on my car. Now, do you really think birds, robins and blackbirds, know Dr. Patterson's car? Or care, exactly. They don't. But that's how a depressed state of mind can be. So um, sometimes when you hear somebody say something, um, and you may realize, hey, they're depressed. That's why they're saying that. So anyway, depression. Um, we'll take a look here. Depression is very common. In fact, it's one of the most common mental health disorders in the U.S., in 2017, there were an estimated 17.3 million adults that had had at least one episode of depression. And, and that doesn't mean they just, oh, oh, I've had a bad day. I had a flat tire on the way to work. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about feeling depressed for more than two weeks at a time. So it's very common. It's been on the rise since 1915. Now, one thing that's interesting, I think there's only two or three of us that have been around since 1915 here today, <laughs> but um, since 1915 to the present, do you think there are more or less amusement or entertainment activities and events? Markedly more. Markedly more. Disney World wasn't around in 1915. So despite the fact of increased, significantly increased methods of entertainment, types of entertainment, entertainment activities, enjoyable amusement type things, depression's been on the rise. So we're not depressed today because all we do is work and never have any time for play. In fact, entertainment TV is depressing. It actually has a hypnotic effect to it because of the rapidly changing images on the screen. So, anyway, been on the rise. Let's see. Whoops, I knew I was going to hit the wrong button. That's okay. U.S. adults, 4.7% of U.S. adults have regular feelings of depression, and this is from 2019. Physician office visits with a cause, I'm sorry, with a complaint of depression, 9.3% of visits, and that's from 2016. Emergency room visits, depression in one of the complaints or a part of the complaints, 11.2%, and that's from 2018. So you can see that these are major players in reasons that patients go to doctors and or emergency rooms um, and that. 
Now, again, like I said earlier, not everyone here has depression. I don't expect that. I'm not going to be disappointed if somebody comes up to me afterwards and says, you know, Dr. Patterson, I don't have depression. I'm, I'm wasting my time sitting here. I hope that's not true. That you, I mean, I, 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 it's fine if you don't have depression, but I hope it's not a waste of your time. In fact, in, in several of my seminars, in fact, probably the first three years that I did them, one of the people that helped me um, we did a, a depression test at the beginning, at the end of each one, and even though he was helping me, he took the test, the quiz, and he never even scored near depression, but at the end of every session, he came up to me afterwards and he said, you know, I feel a little sharper mentally, and I just feel like I have a better attitude towards life after each one of these sessions. So truly, it is... Um, something that gives you a better mental health state. Um, and like I said earlier, um, it will help you recognize depression to some degree, and it will also help you deal with the stressful events that we have in our life so, so frequently. Um, okay. The traditional treatment for depression, um, there's two basic types of treatment. There's a health professional, a psychologist, or a counselor, therapist. Um, that, that's one type. And then the other type is medication, and then obviously a combination of the two. Um, the health professional, the counseling, the psychologist can be very beneficial. Oh, one thing I do want to tell you is this is not intended to be a medical visit. So if you are feeling depressed, if you're being treated for depression, do not stop or change your therapy based on these um, meetings. You need to talk to your um, provider that is managing and, and monitoring your depression. But um, one thing with the health professional, the, the, the counseling and therapy, I've always said that that is very important that you, number one, have a counselor or a therapist that you can trust. Yes. You may not like that person, but you have to be able to trust them, if that makes sense. Because as they're talking to you about things that may be causing, maybe the cause or the part of the cause of your depression, you have to be able to open up to them. If if I'm talking to a therapist, and I know the therapist loves dogs, and I'm terrified of dogs because I was bit by a dog when I was young, I may not want to open up to the therapist about my fear of dogs because I may feel that they'll laugh at me or they won't understand me. So that's why I mean you have to have a therapist that you can trust, okay? And there are different types of therapy some I'm, uh, I, I support or, or trust more than others. And the one that I really support is what they call cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Um, and I, I think that's been proven to be a, a quite an effective type of therapy um, in that. So, and then medications. Now, the medications that we have for depression, interestingly enough more mask the symptoms of depression than actually treat the cause of depression. So again, I'm not saying to stop it or never to take it, but sometimes the medication is used, can be used to bridge as you work on the causes of depression. And we'll talk a little bit more later about the causes of depression. So, and then like I mentioned, you can have a combination of uh, both types of therapy. Um, alternative treatment, which is what I'm going to talk about largely in these meetings, is really in general what I would call lifestyle changes, lifestyle choices. Um, and again, like I mentioned, if you are being treated right now for depression or anxiety, don't stop or change that treatment without their advice. So lifestyle modifications, how we live, what we do in our life. 
Remember a little bit ago I mentioned that entertainment TV is hypnotic and actually depressing. So if you're someone that watches a lot of entertainment TV and film and that, getting rid of some of that, if not all of it, would be something that would help you overcome depression. And we'll discuss more about these lifestyle modifications as we go. And traditional treatment really does not cause focus on the causes of depression. And as you'll see in a little bit here as we get into the causes of depression. Signs of major depression. So at least five of these nine um, symptoms that I'm going to go over, at least five out of nine for two weeks or more. Deep sadness. Now, this isn't um, when your dog died or when your job stopped and you didn't have work. We're not talking about that. Um, not a major life event like that, but deep sadness, two weeks or more. Apathy, having no, um, no feeling for something that should stimulate a feeling. Somebody tells you about um, a loved one of theirs that's very sick, has a major illness or has passed away, and you just say, oh, no big deal. Apathy. Agitation. And that doesn't mean when I ask Rodney, did you see the geese there as we're canoeing down the river? And Rodney says, no, Doc, I can't see the geese. I'm blind. Okay. A little bit later, I ask Rodney, Rodney, did you see those ducks? Yeah, I saw those ducks, Doc. Because Rodney has central vision, right? So if it's in his central vision, he can see it. And that drives me nuts because just the time I think I've figured him out, I haven't. But that's not the agitation that we're talking about. Then the other thing is sleep disturbances. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say, well, Doc, you have no clue of what it's like to be blind and not have a, a light-dark cycle to kind of regulate you, regulate you and help you sleep at night and be awake during the day. But um, even with that, if, as much as you can, uh, you should have sleep patterns. And if your sleep pattern has changed, if now you're no longer to... Uh, able to go to bed at 10 or 11 o'clock in the evening like you normally did. So um, you're either sleeping a lot more than you used to or not sleeping at all like you used to. Either one. Sleep disturbances. Like at blind camp? Yeah. Yeah, because Sparky's up all night telling jokes. Oh, yeah. I know Sparky. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. There's somebody that goes around early in the morning singing and waking everybody up, isn't there, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Um, weight or appetite changes, either one. Weight loss, weight gain, um, not eating very much or eating a lot. So, so we've got deep sadness, apathy, agitation, sleep disturbances, weight or appetite changes. That's five. And then lack of concentration, Feelings of worthlessness, morbid thoughts, or fatigue. So, um, feelings of worthlessness. Again, it's one thing to say, hey, I tried to do this and it didn't work out. How can I do it again? Or maybe it's just not my cup of tea. It's another to say, oh, I can't do anything. I can't do anything right. Everything I do is wrong. That's probably not true. Remember, just like I said, the birds know whose car to poop on in the parking lot? Well, the same thing. You probably are good at something. And it's interesting, I've talked to several people that have, well, um, I have a brother-in-law that's very talented at doing woodworking. 
and I'll comment on a project he did. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. My wife is very talented at sewing, and she'll make a, a dress or some project, and I'll say, wow, Robin, that's awesome. Oh, it's easy. It's easy. And that's not really feelings of worthlessness, but they are underestimating their talents. So, um, and then morbid thoughts, you know, every now and then everybody has a thought of, you know, oh man, that was just, that was terrible. But these morbid thoughts that are continuous and ongoing. So five of nine of these for two weeks or more. So some things that you can ask yourself or perhaps ask somebody else um, to determine whether someone is depressed um, would be, are they having feelings of deep sadness, um, feelings of decreased interest or pleasurable activities? Um, so if I know you, well, Sparky, I know him. And if I said, hey, Sparky, do you feel like driving my car today? And Sparky said, no, I don't feel like doing that, Doc. I'd say, hmm, that's odd. That doesn't sound like Sparky. <laughs> because Sparky loves to drive my car. So when you see somebody, you recognize that they're not doing things they normally enjoy. That's an indicator of, can be an indicator of depression. So ask about changes of appetite, ask about their sleep habits, um, and ask about their speech or movements being slowed down. They just have a hard time talking. They have a hard time moving. They have a hard time making decisions, actually. And asking about fatigue or loss of energy, feelings of worthless, decreased ability to concentrate, and thoughts about harming oneself. And a lot of times you can, if you know someone, even casually, but if you know them a little bit, a lot of times you can see these in just a normal conversation. Um, as a physician, sometimes when I walk in an exam room, I look at the patient and I don't even ask them how they're doing. I ask them where it hurts because I can see in their expression that they're in pain. So again, some of these things um, you can think easily that um, just chatting with somebody you can see um, where you could catch up or catch on to some of these things. Now another thing, sometimes when you're talking to a person um, and again, not that you'd be a, a psychologist or psychiatrist, but sometimes they will lie to you. In fact, I've had in my exam rooms where I'm talking to um, a person and their spouse is sitting in the exam room with them. And I would say, now, Larry, have you been having feelings of fatigue? And Larry would look at me and he would say, no, Doc, I haven't. And Myrna's sitting behind him. <laughs> And Myrna's shaking her head, yes, he is. And then I would say, now, Larry, have you been having trouble sleeping? No, Doc, I'm sleeping just fine. And again, Myrna's in the back shaking her head, yes, he is. So sometimes, actually, you may get a better history from someone that knows the person really well. Um, but So five out of nine of the symptoms, remember, was... Um, positive for depression. And it's interesting. Depression is a mental health condition, which is in the brain, right? So do you think that depression just affects the head? No. Because the body is a whole. Just like you can't take your big toe, chop it off, and put it, you know, on the nightstand, and then in the morning stick it back on, the brain is part of the body, too. Depression also increases our risk for strokes, sudden cardiac death after a heart attack, death from cancer, can cause chronic headaches, can cause osteoporosis. Um, it 
causes an increased risk to addictive behaviors, has an increased risk of asthma, and children have an increased risk of depression now too, which is interesting. It, it causes increased stress hormones, increased risk of debilitating conditions, and it decreases memory. And this can actually be permanent if it goes on long enough. So depression affects our whole body. Um, another, another part of the importance of dealing with and understanding and hopefully curing depression. So we need to look at the causes of depression and then treat the cause, if at all possible. And the causes are multifactorial. Um, if you are on medication, it can be a little bit more challenging to find the causes, but you still can do it. Um, so in these um, seminars that I did, basically, um, Dr. Nedley mentions 10 hit categories. And you need to have a hit in each of at least four categories really to have depression. So a lot of times you'll hear somebody say, oh, I, I have a, a family history of depression and that's why I'm depressed. That would only be one hit category. So the 10 hit categories are genetics, Develop, developmental, lifestyle, circadian rhythm, addiction, nutrition, toxic, social or complicated grief, medical conditions, and frontal lobe issues. Those are the 10 hit categories. So, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about these as we go along. Like I mentioned, you need to have a hit category in at least four of the categories really to have depression. Um, nutrition, we'll, we'll, and we'll talk about, I'll uh, go over some uh, general thoughts here and then uh, we'll get into the um, other hit categories as we go along. But nutrition, higher animal protein intake in Three to five-year-old females causes earlier menarche, or their first menstrual cycle. Vegetable protein does not cause early menarche. And what's interesting with this is, um, I don't know how long ago this was, but in Japan, they did not have the Western diet and had basically a normal protein intake. And the age of menarche was about 17 years of age. And in the U.S., it is like 12, and in fact, 8-year-olds sometimes are starting with their menstrual cycle, which is not healthy. Um, so that's something that nutrition has, not just with depression. Uh, genetics and developmental have... Um, there's not much you can do about that now. You can't go back and change your genetic makeup and you can't go back and, and change how you were raised. But what is important with these, the, especially the developmental, um, perhaps children or grandchildren or even friends, um, you may be able to help impact how their children are being developed and help um, prevent uh, risk factors or de uh, um, depression. The other hit categories can be modified. So even if you have hit categories in the two that you can't really modify, you've still got eight other ones that you can, so you could actually get away from depression um, that way. So um, as we go through these meetings, there will be some things that we talk about that you may not be ready to change or do or may not be able to do, and that's fine. But as you do the ones you can, like anything else, unless you participate, you will not gain a benefit. So when we discuss these different categories, these different lifestyle changes, modifications, um, some of them may be easier for you to do, some of them may be a little bit more challenging, 
but um, doing them, putting them into practice, and as you recognize the benefit, it will encourage you to go on and try more. These will also help your social relationships. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that is depressed a lot. Sometimes they suck a lot of energy out of you. Yes, Dr. Patterson? Yes, Warren. I got a roommate that sometimes is depressed. Okay, yep. So he's, mm -hmm. he thinks of thoughts of suicide sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just, it bothers him sometimes, but, mm -hmm. you know, but. Yep, yep. And when he feels like that, does that sometimes feel like it drains energy on you and, and it, puts a stress on you? It puts stress on me sometimes. It, it, you know, it stresses me out. Sure, yep. Yeah. Jamie. Hi, Dr. Perry. I know one of the things I found that would help me with the depression is to uh, get involved in activities. Yes. Very good, Jamie. Because, and I feel like with this uh, quarantine and, and all this stuff that's going on, I honestly am convinced that this is not good for the mental, mental health. <laughs> Jamie, that's very, very intuitive. Uh, excellent thought. Um, right, because it isolates us. Even when we do interact, it's a more distance interaction. Um, yes, a lot of the social events that we do or would do normally have been taken away from us. Absolutely. Let alone the worry and concern of the infection from the COVID that we all are um, feeling too, yes, absolutely. So, and like I mentioned, um, improved concentration, ability to think and um, understand what's going on around us. <clears throat> so, um, there's some things that I'm going to mention, I forgot to put this in a slide, but there's six things that are relatively easy to do that you can start doing maybe today um, or very soon that will help um, help you have a better mental health. One of them is listening to classical music about 15 minutes a day. That's not church music. That's classical music, the Bach, Beethoven, Vivaldi, Tchaikovsky, stuff like that, okay? Um, interestingly enough, there's something about the meat and measure of it that is, um, has a relaxing um, therapy to it. You can listen to it in a car, you can put it on, on your headphones, um, whatever. But uh, listening to classical music 15 minutes a day. Another thing is drinking adequate amounts of water. And <laughs> excuse me. Roughly, you should have about um, half your body weight in uh, ounces a day. Correct. Thank you, Rodney. Thank you. I'm I'm okay, Jamie. So um, now, if you're a little bit overweight. I weigh about 200 pounds, and I should weigh about 180. So roughly about 90 ounces for me a day is what I should have in water. Now, if you're outside at blind camp, and you know how warm it can be at blind camp in the summertime, and you're riding bikes, and, you know, Larry makes us ride those bikes all day long. So roughly about... 10 ounces per hour of bike riding, you should probably add about 10 ounces for an hour of bike riding because of the sweat you're doing. So um, classical music, water. Another thing that's healthy is raw almonds or walnuts. And um, like a small handful of either one or mixed is good for you. They're high in tryptophan, which convert to serotonin which is good for us to have. We need that in our brain. Handful of almonds or walnuts. Exercise, about 20 minutes a day. 
and walking is a great exercise, a great exercise. So if you have some place where you can go for a walk 20 minutes a day, and for walking exercise, for any exercise, what I recommend for a good rule of thumb is be able to walk, you should walk or exercise fast enough that you can talk but not sing. So if you're exercising and you can sing, you've got too much air left in you. You've got to exercise a little faster. So walking. Um, another thing is reading a chapter of Proverbs every day. How many chapters are in the book of Proverbs? 31. 31. And how many days are in the most, how, what's the most number of days in a month? 31. So what I suggest you do is, today is February 1st, I recommend reading Proverbs 1 today. And then tomorrow you'd read Proverbs 2. And when you get to the end of the month, you've got a couple extra days, or there's a couple extra chapters. You might pick up a chapter or two extra during the month of February. But when you come to March, start all over again. And Proverbs, interestingly enough, is really not a book of theology in the Bible. It's, I call it the Ben Franklin book of the Bible. It's common sense sayings. One of the verses, I can't remember what it is, but basically Solomon says, it's better to live on the roof of a house than to live with a contentious woman. Okay. That's real enlightening. You know, so really, it's a book of common sense. It tells you how to live life and live it in a good way. So, uh, Proverbs. And let's see, we've got water, classical music, exercise. Oh, yep, the other thing is five deep breaths five times a day. Sitting up nice and straight. Taking in a nice deep breath, in, 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 hold it for a half a second, and then let it all out. Those six things are easy to do. They're pretty inexpensive, and they will really help you start feeling mentally sharper and less depressed even and it today. It makes you feel less upset, too, if you do that. Absolutely. Yep. So, that is all I have for today. Any other questions or thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, I got to talk to the Bible at home mm -hmm. that uh, my friend ordered from me. Uh, um, the one that I had before conked out on me. I had to huh. get a new one. Uh -huh. And um, it's got John in it, and it's got the okay. other things in there. Okay. And I... Listen to that during the middle of the night when I can't fall asleep. Okay. I put my headphones in there and I listen to it, and it it really some of my stress too. Good. Yep. Absolutely. Sparky. Yes. Can I go driving? Can we go driving today? <laughs> I don't think we can today, Sparky. It'll now you're going to get me worried. <laughs> you're going to cause me anxiety, Sparky. <laughs> don't get Dr. Pettis stressed out. Jamie. Is there a way that we could uh, that you as a physician could uh, Write to the inform the governor that all these this, that these isolations and stuff like that is bad for. Um, for mental health. Yeah, the the thing is, Jamie. Perception is reality, and if someone perceives something, well, no, uh, the better saying is uh, Mark Twain. I just read this recently. Mark Twain said it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they've been fooled. And for me to convince the governor or the mayor or whoever um, would be impossible. They have to want to learn. They have to want to understand. They're going to do what they and, want to do. Yeah. They, yeah. they have their own advisors. Yes, they do. And Doc, yes. Okay, thank you, Dave. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I feel like we've had enough of our... Yeah. 
I, as a physician, from what I've seen and heard of the information on COVID, I think that it is so twisted and intertwined with truth and error that I think right now it would be impossible for anyone to find really what, what is true about it. But um, the other thing, that's, Patterson, well, another thing I get stressed about too. What's that? Is that this COVID thing's been getting to me. Um, the fact that I have to wear my mask and I hate doing it, mm -hmm. um, that's been getting to me lately. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to go about it because I was very frustrated at work. And I didn't know how to deal with it. I just yeah. didn't really know how to go about it. So I just, you know. As I tell my friends, as I tell my friends, is that, yeah, I believe the COVID's out there, but they just stretched it out too much. Yeah, I, I, I believe it is a real disease and, yeah. and then that. Yeah. But they've twisted the truth about it. Uh, it's like if you're in the dark of the night and then you're in the tent and you hear a little rustling in the leaves and your buddy in the tent starts talking about bears and mountain lions and all of a sudden that squirrel or chipmunk that's scurrying around has become a 600-pound ravenous black bear that's going to have you for lunch. And that's kind of, I think, what's happened a lot with the COVID. So um, I, to me, I live with it the best I can. I wear a mask at work because I have to, and um, I don't like it. But I, They're saying I, it's the law now. Is that true? I mean, is what? One mask is that, oh. is that true? Well, in... In my hospital, you have to have a mask on to come in the hospital. Well, yeah. So um, it is mandatory in the stores and that. So okay, um, yeah. I didn't know that because because when Rose goes to the store, she has to wear her mask. Yep. Right? Yeah. And that's what she does when yep. she goes to the store. Yep. And gets so. groceries and things. Mm -hmm. So. I have one right. more story. Yes, Dave. See, I, in my front yard, we got a pine tree, and we and we cut a lot of the lower branches out of the tree, and there was robins that were living in that tree. So uh, my buddy's car was stuck there in the driveway. The robins, for the longest time, would go poop on his vehicle. So he would put uh, garbage bags over the mirrors. It, it, it sat on the mirror, and then it'd go and do it. <laughs> so I think the birds were mad about the tree branches being cut out of the tree and they were paying him back thinking that he did it. So them birds are pretty smart. They are pretty smart. Very good. All right. Dr. Patterson, we're looking forward to tomorrow. And is tomorrow the dentist appointment? No, I... Moved it. It's not this week at all. Oh, praise So we're God. home free all week. Oh, that's great. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Well, let's have the closing prayer then. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We thank you for this presentation. We ask that thou just help us to do some of the things that were talked about today in a positive way. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Mic on. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Till next time. See ya. Mic off.